0: Welcome to Making Action Happen with Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. We're here to discuss public policy issues in our home state of Colorado and beyond. Making Action Happen is presented by Action 22. Find out about our organization at action22.org. Now, here are your hosts, Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Making Action Happen. I'm Sarah Blackhurst. And I'm Brian McCain. And we are here today with another one of our Action 22 members who's running for office. And so now, if you've been listening the last few weeks, you know that that's our thing right now is that... uh, We're trying to help out our candidates really get their voice out there. Um, And most, uh, if you're paying attention, most everybody who's running for office on any level is an Action 22 member. And so we like um, this format a lot, especially this election year, because it's a little more authentic um, there's always a lot of drama around, um, debates and forums and all of that. So, um, we actually really appreciate all of our candidates, um, who are members, Are member candidates. That doesn't member sound Member
2: candidates. Right. Yeah. Candidate sound, members.
1: Candidate members. Let's do candidate members. <laughs> that sounds a little bit better. Um, coming on the show and doing, um, and doing this so that we get to know them a little bit better. So today we've got, um, we've got Pam Anderson with us. We, um, were excited. We're excited to have her here. Um, she's doing this by Zoom because she lives quite, a, a ways away. Um, and we wanted to get her, um, we wanted to get this, uh, discussion up as soon as possible for her. Um, so Pam is running for Secretary of State. Um, and so Pam, thanks so much for being with us and joining us. We, we know that this is one of, I think, Secretary of State ten years ago was nobody was paying attention. I think as much, yeah. But there's been a there's been a bit of drama around uh, around the Secretary of State seat. So Pam, will you start off, um, and we'll get to that. But start off by just introducing yourselves and telling our listeners. Um, from all over Colorado, all over the uh, all over the U.S. and actually um, in other countries as well, because we're on the Voice America Network. Just, will you tell us a little bit about about yourself?
3: Sure. Well, thanks for having me, and I love this format too. I love uh, the more authentic and uh, conversational approach. Uh, it gives me an opportunity to tell folks uh, about uh, myself and why I'm running for the race for Secretary of State. You're right. The Secretary of State's race has been elevated, primarily due to current events over the last several years. Um, I am a former uh, nonpartisan municipal clerk, city of Wheat Ridge, here in Colorado. I was elected um, in in Wheat Ridge, and then I went on and ran and served as a Republican uh, clerk and recorder for Jefferson County, Colorado, for two terms. We have term limits in Jefferson County, in our rural areas, um, most of the term limits have been eliminated, so you might see your county clerks a little bit longer than you would in the metro areas uh, of the state. But I served uh, a very politically diverse jurisdiction in Jefferson County. It was a third, a third, a third Republican, Democrat, unaffiliated um, I believe that this office is a nonpartisan one. I think it, it deserves a professional in the office. I'm a certified federal and state election official. My husband, Jay, and I have been married 28 years and we're business owners um, light manufacturing, die casting, powder coat. And when I was term limited, I went on to work in management and leadership. I have a master's in public administration. So advising local governments and states and, and uh, federal government as well on leadership management, um, making government more efficient, but specializing in elections administration, because I really learned to love providing constitutional rights, access to your constitutional rights, make it more efficient and secure. Uh, So I I was the executive director for the Colorado County Clerks Association that gave me um, about five and a half years um, uh, an opportunity to travel all over the state, represent all 64 county clerks,
1: and work to... So go back and talk about your experience with the County Clerk Association. I think that's really pertinent.
3: Yeah, when I was uh, I was term limited as the Jefferson County Clerk and Recorder, and as a, a clerk, I, I served in leadership. I was president of the association. I was a legislative co-chair. I really enjoyed advocating on that front. And so, one of uh, some of the work that I did was as executive director for the County Clerks Association. I represented all sixty-four counties. I got to travel around this beautiful state, um, visiting and working with my local election officials. And uh, and helping them and advocating um, for their citizens um, for funding um, against unfunded mandates and all of the things that make their job um, and service to their community uh, better.
1: I want to come back to some of the experiences that you had while doing that um, and and some of the things that you learned. But before that, tell us what the job is of um, a secretary of state for Colorado. What's that job look like?
3: Yeah, so, um, you know, some usually have to be told what the Secretary of State does. As we said, it's been elevated a little bit. There are two primary functions. One is the chief election official for the state of Colorado. As I said, I'm a certified election official, both federally and state. I believe this is a professional position that should operate in a nonpartisan way, as I did as a county clerk and working with the clerks association. Another entire section of it is to enhance commerce, so business licensing and supporting our charities and nonprofits. There's a whole business center side of that. Um, As a small business owner, as well as running both a very large operation um, in Jefferson County, where we were front-facing customer service for motor vehicle title and registration, which is very high-volume customer service, as well as working to enhance technology to support our businesses is the background and experience I would bring um, to both um, sections
1: of the secretary of state's role. So I appreciate that.
2: Oh, I, I was just going to say um, again, that it's elevated um, to a new level. Uh, same thing with the treasure. Uh, you know, this is the first time when we've seen serious interest in The treasurer, the secretary of state, even down to school boards, you know, and and one thing that I always said that if you want to be involved in politics and kind of make a difference, you need to look at these races because they are important. And these positions, whether it's county clerk, secretary of state to school board member, like these are the people that impact us. And it seems at this point in time in our country that the focus is on elections, which makes this office and this role so important right now, more more so than almost or as much as any other one, if not more, in my opinion, with that. So uh, I, I think we haven't really said this on our show, but, um, you know, we appreciate people running for office because you're putting your, your life on the line, basically, you know, your personal life. And I know in your race, there's, you know, there's a, a microscope on it right now and that takes a lot of courage and we don't say that on the show we don't no. thank these people you know we and do so thank you appreciate it very much
1: so there's been so much drama uh, in particular around the secretary of state um that that role in that position um that it was i think before it was it was just a statewide county clerk that's what it was looked yeah. like at yeah. but now it's a whole other thing what's your perspective on that now having been in both role i mean having been there and you see that and now like the seat that you're running for
3: yeah you know i i agree with you the the attention to these to these roles and 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 what they do for citizens couldn't be higher and particularly around elections we've had um it's not unusual for colorado to have a lot of conversation about election integrity we we've Historically, been a swing county. <clears throat> I mean, a swing state in, in presidential elections, the only race that crosses state lines. We have a very um, localized system of elections. Um, in Jefferson County, you know, we were sort of the center of close elections and election integrity and questions about how our elections work have been our history. Um, I have had a hand and led on. Um, probably every single legis- piece of the legislation in the last 15 years, in order to provide a system of elections here in Colorado that put in place um, best practices and transparency. Every voter votes on a paper ballot. We have public boards that certify that that paper and audit that paper ballot was counted accurately. And I never wanted to be in a position, um, and and it, it had some foresight, I think. For to be in the position as an elected election official to say, trust us, we're your government. We wanted to be very transparent, very public, and that has served us well. Um, but there has been a lot of uh, questions and concerns and criticism around elections outcomes, the results of election based on the presidential election for 2020. And I think it perfectly placed Colorado in a position to say, this is how we know. Um, my background and experience in developing audits, for example, we have we have a statewide audit that is was the first in the country that takes those paper ballots and and examines them so we can be confident that the outcome is correct. Um, I won a medallion award from the National Associations of Secretary of State on that work. And what we've learned in elections is in order to maintain trust and confidence, we need to make sure it's transparent, accurate, and verifiable. And what what I started seeing in 2018 was this disturbing trend for people running for these offices more interested in the politics than the process. Um, in t- 2018, um, I've seen the state, uh, my opponent at the Secretary of State, and in some instances at the local level with county clerks use the platform. And take an opportunity in a very polarized time to use the platform to elevate their profile to instead of being that professional to stand and answer the questions for the public, but throw fuel on the fire of, of that rhetoric. And, and in some ways, that's elevated, elevated the office and created a lot of scrutiny. But other ways, I think what we need to do is to restore trust and faith by bringing back that professionalism and experience.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to mention any names or locations on this, but there was one point, and it was around 2018. Um, I remember coming outside my office working for a congressman, and that we had protesters. It was fine, and we got along. And but that's what they're doing—they're protesting some legislation that my boss supported. And you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, the county clerk's out there waving a sign, and when I saw that, I was like, something about this just doesn't sit right with me.
3: Yeah. I, I, I agree. And, and I think, um, you know, there's always politics around elections, um, but elections management is not a partisan issue. Yes. Right. It's an American value. Right. And, and we all can agree that we want free and fair and accurate and transparent elections. And that is the background and experience I, I will bring to that office.
1: That I'm so glad you said that, Pam. Because I've I've thought so many times. Um, I was on a canvas board uh, back in 2012. Oh,
2: thank um, and, you.
1: Um, that was um, such a learning experience for me. And it was, you know, when we were first really, um, Colorado was first really trying out the mail-in ballot, um, mm-hmm. and trying to make sure that um, that was going to be something. Work out all the kinks on that. Um, and I'm like you, I've seen in the last um, in the last few years that that position has been um, politically weaponized, and it's yes. really, really disturbing. How do you manage to how would you keep that from continuing?
3: Well, what we know is accountability matters, right? and And electing leaders that are are straightforward and aren't going to put their thumb on the scale, Or use the office and break the public trust. And, and I, I have examples for, and, and initiatives for what I would do to, um, restore some of that broken trust. For example, um, I believe that I, um, that we need a bill with the legislature and I hope, I'd hope to get support of that, that no elected official should use public taxpayer money with their image as announced candidate for commercials. Yes. Or to elevate their profile.
1: That's not illegal already?
3: It is not illegal. And, and I think we need to codify that. I, I believe, for particularly for the Secretary of State's office, it is a professional ethic. And so in absence of action from the legislature, I will institute professional ethics, code of ethics, publish it, be transparent about it and say, but to to give a message against mis and disinformation about our evidence based elections is really important. I don't need I don't need my face to be the messenger if I'm an announced candidate. If you're going to air a commercial during the Broncos game, I think John Elway would be a great spokesperson for that message. Um, and so I do think that there needs to be an arms length distance from the the fray, the political fray. This office I've worked for the last work with the last secretar- six secretaries of state. And you can have politically principled individuals that remain above the fray, whether they're Republican or Democrat. And I think we've crossed those lines with the current administration and at the local level and with some ex- examples. And, you know, the public, you know, I, I think this is a professional position. And what this election is for me, it's a job interview for me, but it's also a performance review of the incumbent. And I think there are really clear differences for how you can restore trust. I've gone to every room to be, you know, to stand up there and talk about why I have confidence and faith in our process and how I think it can get even better. Both those things can exist in the same space. We don't have to use hyper-partisan rhetoric on either side to convince people one way or the other that erodes the confidence um, I think pe- I think voters are smart. I had a very robust primary. I had faith that they can look at, at 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 the message and and restore that broken trust by by you know moving forward a professional.
2: So going to the primary, um again, the office, this race being elevated. This was national news. Like your primary was in the national spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um And it was kind of scary because, and we're not, we're not, we're completely nonpartisan in Action 22 in the show. And and we walked that line very well and, and we do our best to stay that way. But that was, that was one that I watched carefully because that was, are people really paying attention to some of these things happening right now? And Mm -hmm. are we going to see a, you know, a complete blowout for a certain candidate that would be, in my opinion, kind of scary at the time? When, you saw the results of that primary. Were you surprised?
3: So I wasn't surprised by the result. I think the margin, the the very, the, it was about a 14 point margin. And I, I have to admit that surprised me. I wasn't surprised by the outcome because I don't believe, for example, Twitter is the real, real world. Yes.
1: Thank right.
3: You. I, I, I've been in a lot of rooms talking to voters of all political persuasions. We've built a very large coalition. We had an event last last week where I have Democrats, Republicans, and unaffiliated stepping forward and supporting us. Election heroes, people who have served in this work, who said, "No, we agree. This needs to be a professional, nonpartisan approach," and and that that resonates with people. That resonates with voters, and there is a reason why coloradans are leaving affiliations for both parties in such large numbers i believe that coloradans are very independent-minded whether they lean left or right that they they want um, someone who's there to do the job that they're elected to do and to hold the public trust in a way that you know election integrity isn't always just about elections it's also about leadership
2: and you're right in saying that Colorado is very independent minded and we've seen it with the recent elections where it's not straight tickets, like straight votes down the ticket. You know, it's not all Republican, all Democrat or all unaffiliated. We've seen it with, um, you know, tax increases where you can go in areas and some people voted for some in the past, but not others. And to me oh. that, that means that people are paying attention a little better. I, I think instead of the like, well, I'm a Democrat, I'm going to vote Democrat, or I'm a Republican, I'm going to vote Republican. So I I appreciate that. And one thing that you did say that uh, I've been telling people, it's like, look, even if you don't win, and you're running for office, at least it's an audit on who is there and can show them a different perspective, you you know, because no matter if you win or lose, it's still 50 50. It's not that far apart. And I think that needs to be a wake up call to elected officials, that there are people that aren't really happy with what they're doing or how they're operating. And maybe that can hopefully let them cause them to see a different perspective on it. Um,
3: and I, and and in my work and this, this office, the secretary of state's office is, is really a destination for me. It's not a stepping stone. I, I am not interested in going to Washington, DC. This is my life's work. And I think, I think, you know, I have a record of working at the legislature across the aisle. I've stood up, you know, when it's when, on, on for voters, when it's not been popular in my own party as the primary is, is a pretty good example, um, but also up against, you know, uh, the political interests that want you know that are more interested in have the outcome of elections versus the process. And we shouldn't have a secretary. That is telling the world press that if you elect one party or another, that that the end of democracy is coming. I think that that crosses lines for Coloradans, and and is is not in the best interest of our history or tradition. There is a reason why we have some of the best elections administration, not only in the country but in the world, is because we pay attention at the local as as a local election official. And the legislature has listened to us at the local level by and large to say we want to follow our voters and we're less concerned about outcome. And we want to bring a process that is efficient and effective to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. Both those things can exist in the same space. And if you, if you create a partisan rhetoric around elections administration, trust erodes and Um, And it makes it much harder to work on the important reforms that we need to will continue to work on with new technology or find new ways to provide access to our military overseas voters or what other um, uh, reforms come down the pike. So I I think, you know, it is a message that is resonating um, and also pushing back against efforts to remove that ability at the local level to innovate and to provide the services to their voters. Um, it's been unfortunate when I've seen, you know, re- very scarce one time federal fund resources diverted for things like commercials yes. instead of going to where it needs to be to support it. The There has been a broken trust at the state um, when we've been trying to advocate for voters um we we may be all on board for an id but if they don't fund it you know at the local right. level that's a problem and the reimbursement for election support has not been increased in over 10 years wow. for our rural a- a- areas and so that is another initiative i will you know i will only support fully funding elections to the local level if if we have concerns we should put our money where our mouth is and support those you know that that are underfunded um I live in Jefferson County. My opponent lives in Boulder County. Local elections are are primarily supported through property values, property taxes. And my, my property values have done a very different thing than Montezuma County or Kit Carson County. And so we need to have equitable funding.
2: So you win the election first day on the job. What's priority number one?
3: Yeah. um, Take the rhetoric down and increase the professionalism and ethics of the office, stabilize the very high turnover through the leadership gap that we've had, so that we can um, serve our nonprofits and our, our, um, our charities in a way. You know, I worked with the county clerks during the pandemic, a very difficult time for elections and frontline service workers, critical essential personnel, to get up and running as quickly as possible to serve their duty and obligation, my opponent closed the office for over two years. And I think there's a really different approach to creating a stable customer service-based oriented, um, you know, business side for enhancing commerce and being that professional to restore that professionalism, eliminate the rhetoric and continue our tradition of outstanding elections reforms. And, and improving our elections and being an incredible spokesperson for
2: it. And um what is the the current office, what is it doing right, right now? What's something that that's that works that they're nailing it on the head?
3: Yeah, we have had I've worked with the last Six administrations. And there are a lot of really good public servants at the Secretary of State's office. One of the things I'm very dismayed about is the high turnover and that we might be losing them because these are typically mission-driven individuals. Mm. They're not partisan. They're not interested in the politics of it. And so they're looking for leadership to restore some stability and, and, and restore that mission to, for Coloradans. Um, and, and so one of the things that I can say that my opponent did very well, um, we've learned through, uh, uh, influence of nation state actors way back in 2016 how important cybersecurity is, Mm -hmm. right? And we established, um, really good cybersecurity protocols and the federal government funded uh, uh, one-time grants for cybersecurity, unfortunately, um, and we we uh, she hired and recruited one of the best cybersecurity teams in the country. Did a YouTube commercial about it. They're all they already left. They're already gone. And so I think what we need is to make sure that we're supporting the mission, the mission um, with the right priorities for utilizing scarce resources and funding, and making sure we're passing through that support and that mission to our local election officials to give them the best support. I'm used to working shoulder to shoulder, side by side with the entire state. And and I think that um, there are really good people with this mission at the state that, that need better support.
2: And what do you tell the people? And we heard it. Uh, Sarah's son, Ferris, was talking to us and he's like, I, I'm just not going to vote. It's pointless. What do you tell specifically the younger generation? And it's even bleeding into like, Late twenties, early thirties of these people that say they have no faith in our elect election system and my vote doesn't matter. What do you do, or what do you tell these people to build that trust?
3: Yeah, first I think you know by removing the partisan rhetoric that that you know the biggest threat is mis and disinformation, and by making it partisan, I think you're 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 contributing to that, and so that priority. I um, have a, a initiative that I will institute when elected. It's called the Citizen Election Academy. And it's a variation of a theme that I did at the, at the local election level. You know, you served on, Sarah, you served on the canvas board. We have these public roles. Our elections are done locally by your neighbors, by your, your friends, by your church members. Yeah. And uh, what I think is we can improve transparency by allowing Coloradans to come in and take some of the same training and education and get insight into the process that local election officials take to be certified. And then they become ambassadors. Young people are incredibly engaged. I raised, Jay and I raised a couple of them. We have a 24 and 22 year old. Those that are willing to invest their civic, you know, capital um, and are have these concerns, let's give them more access to the process. Let's double down on the transparency and 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 support local election officials because then after going through this academy, I'd like to work with the legislature to say if you get certified in this this academy and serve as an election judge, you get a little bit more pay to serve in your local community. I think that would go a very long way. Um, for people to say hey I've seen the nuts and bolts of all of this and I have a lot of confidence in it.
2: Do you so, want to ask her, or should I? Uh, well, I was going <laughs> to ask a fun one so if you're uh, if your kids didn't vote when they turned 18 did you get mad at them? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um,
3: My kids are very active voters. So their grandmother served in the legislature for almost 20 years, uh, Norma Anderson. Um, I've been fairly civically engaged in my in my career. And we if you think that the campaign trail or debates are tough, you should check out our Sunday dinners. uh, They're 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 very active. But I also we believe in responsibility. And so one of my kids, I won't name them when they were in college, I didn't set forward their ballot to them. They had to update their address and maintain their own status. And they were scrambling for one election in order to get their ballot and be able to vote. So uh, again, we we have so much access. We make it really easy to vote here in Colorado, but there is responsibility for that. Um, both of my kids, you know, I, we don't, we have robust debates on 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 policies and candidates and they we raised two pretty darn independent kids. Um we were we were blessed to do that but they also went to college as far away from me as they could get for the, <laughs> yeah. the they've come they've come back to Colorado. They've got jobs. We love their partners. They live on their own. They're paying their student loans right now knocking on wood.
1: I feel like we're batting a thousand. <laughs> you are. Yeah, good. Trust me, you are. <laughs> well, Pam, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. We appreciate your perspective. And I know it's something that uh, um, we hear a lot about and we actually talk a lot about um, how do we do this better. So um, we appreciate you. Um,
2: disclaimer? And, oh Well, I was going to oh, ask go if somebody wants to know oh, more yes. about you and see what, you know, what you're about, where do they go?
3: Yeah, I appreciate that. So you can say all about me and our initiatives and our broad coalition of support at Anderson for SOS.com. And I'd love for folks to check it out, learn about the candidates and would really love to earn your vote for November.
2: Well, we appreciate it. I have to do this boring disclaimer after all of these. um, And I always mess it up. I I skip a word or something. He never messes it up. always mess it up. But, um, Action 22 is a nonpartisan organization. We don't endorse candidates during election season, but we do support our members. So if you are a member of Action 22 and you're running for office, I don't care how small or how large, just hit us up. Show at action22.org. Come on. You have the platform. Tell us what you're about. Again, it's show at action22.org.
1: So we have um, a lot of interesting things um, coming up. Of course, um, I'm going to be. Uh, we're going to be moderating the gubernatorial debate. Um, it'll be the first um, between um, Heidi Ginnell and Jared Polis. It'll be here in Pueblo on the 28th of September. Um, then our um, we have a few other things happening. The Chilling Free Holy Festival is happening in Pueblo. Um, we have nothing to do with that, but we're going to. Uh, but you want, should still go. You should still no. You should we'll totally. I'll be there. I'll go. Be there. I th- will all be there, I, but I'm um, gain
2: 10 pounds afterwards for eating gonna, all the food,
1: but we're going to, I don't know if I told you I signed you up for the jalapeno eating contest. Oh. Um, the, um, but that's run by the chamber and it's, it's a, just a really great event. Um, I want to give a shout out for just a moment. I'm going to take some executive privilege and give a shout out to, um, Dwayne Nava and the greater Pueblo team. They've put together, um, and it's not been easy at all, all these debates that they've put together. It was a huge, huge project, and it was Dwayne's first time um, to try to do it. Uh, Dwayne, you did just a really beautiful job, and your team did a really beautiful job. And, and I just want to congratulate you um, on all of that, and even with all the drama that's going on around um, who shows up and who doesn't. Um, finally, we have our and, – and tickets are up on sale now, and you'll get some more information, but we're having our um, – our annual meeting on the 21st and 22nd, our action 22, 2022 annual meeting on October 21st and 22nd. I got two, as many that's a lot twos, of two twos. I got right. as many twos in there as I could. Um, and it's, it's going to be a, uh, it's not a candidate forum, but it's going to be um, candidates on display is what I'm calling it because I was um, trying honestly to be able to, promoted on facebook that was the only (laughs) way i could get it um on facebook but um it's uh we want to invite everybody to come we have some really great speakers and and uh a lot of fun around that event so uh you'll be getting more information and and we'll be calling you you need to sign up for that we're gonna it's gonna be a break in the middle of all the all the ballots will be out by then um they will have just come out because i think they go out on the 17th right don't don't they pam Mm -hmm. they they get mailed on the 17th um
2: and I had the idea of handing nerf guns to everybody as they go in. We
1: may do that still, I don't know.
2: That may not turn out well.
1: <laughs> I don't know, but there is going to be hockey.
2: There no, will be there hockey hockey. There will be a hockey there game, be hockey That'll game
1: be fun. you know, um on Friday night. So we're all gonna to go to the hockey game. But uh, yeah, um, and let us know if there's any if if there's any issue in particular that you like, um, to for us to ask our candidates or to bring our candidates back on the show about or anything like that, um, or anything else you'd like to talk about, you can visit us at, sh- or email Brian at show at action22.org, um, and he's going to bring that up. Um, if you're not currently a member of Action 22, why aren't you? If you're in the arena of any kind of public service whatsoever, we need you, you need your voice at the table, um, and uh, you're going to be surprised the, how it's going to elevate your position immediately just by being a member of Action 22. So you can also find out more information if you, um, email Micah, um, and, uh, you can do show at action 22.org as well for that.
2: Yep. And visit our website, www.action22.org and you will see all of our candidate videos up there. So yes. please watch those.
1: Yeah. Thanks. And feel free to share. Thanks everybody. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you. This episode of Making Action Happen is sponsored by Action 22's amazing energy leaders. Xcel Energy, Colorado Rural Electric Association, Colorado Oil and Gas Association, Gil Romero and the Capital Success Group, Black Hills Energy, Nextera Energy, San Isabel Electric Association, Outshine Energy, Colorado Solar and Storage Association, Tri-State and 174 Power Global. Action 22 is a nonpartisan membership-driven organization which serves as a voice for action on public policy for 22 southern Colorado counties on the state and federal level. We focus on how issues relating to Colorado legislation, local government affairs, health care, education, and natural resources intersect for the economic health of our region. If you're a leader in your community and are considering joining Action 22, you can get more information by emailing show at action22.org or visit our website at action22.org. Thank you for tuning in to Making Action Happen. Be sure to join your hosts, Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain, for another edition of the show on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a good week.